Last Monday, the Ottawa Carleton District School Board voted on a motion to determine if trustee Dr. Neely Kaplan Mirth breached the board's code of conduct. The chaotic special meeting devolved into a shouting match before the final tally, when the motion failed by a single vote. At issue was a set of text messages Kaplan Mirth sent to another trustee, Donna Dixon, last fall, trying to garner support for a motion to reinstate a mask mandate in Ottawa schools. Here's Dixon recounting what happened at the meeting last week. Trustee Kathleen Murph proceeded to name several members of the board and mine and made defamatory statements about them, such as claiming that they don't care if Black and Indigenous children get sick, and further suggesting that if I vote in favor, I myself, as a Black woman, must be voting alongside white supremacists. In the messages, Kaplan Mirth wrote that trustees not in favor of reinstating the mass mandate didn't care, quote, if black and indigenous children get sick, if children in poverty get sick, if children with disabilities and immunocompromised family members can't safely go to school. She later implored Dixon not to, quote, vote with white supremacists. I don't think this board will ever heal, uh, to be quite honest. I'd like to be optimistic that we can heal, but uh, I don't think it, it, it's possible. Last week, CJN opinion writer Josh Liebline wrote a column sharply criticizing the Ottawa school trustee for, as he sees it, branding anyone who disagrees with her as a racist. Over the weekend, Kaplan Mirth sent the CJN a comprehensive three-page response, saying that it was important to remember the context of her text messages. When hospitals across the province were pushed to the brink with the triple-demic of COVID, flu, and RSV, and as she was receiving a flood of hateful anti-Semitic messages, calls, and death threats. She also claims the CJN is wading into dangerous territory by playing in the same sandbox as people she alleges are attempting to undermine democracy. This is the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Today on our show, a conversation with Dr. Neely Kaplan-Mirth. She rose to prominence during COVID as an outspoken proponent of masking, and hosting what she called Jabapalooza vaccination events. Now she's back in the news, just as COVID season is ramping up again. We originally aired this conversation back in May 2021. I'm Zach Hoffman, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. Neely Kaplan Mirth is a high-profile family doctor in Ottawa, and she's been in the news a lot. Recently, she gave NDP leader Jagmeet Singh his first COVID shot at her office. Coming up, we'll hear why she thinks it's silly she can't vaccinate her own teenage patients and her thoughts on the AstraZeneca vaccine, the risks and the myths. Dr. Neely Kaplan-Mirth has 1,400 patients and 13,000 followers on Twitter. She's been outspoken to make sure marginalized people get vaccines, like frontline workers, single parents, refugees, folks who have trouble accessing the confusing Ontario internet portals to book their shots, or simply have no transportation. She's already organized two mass public vaccination clinics in Ottawa called Jabapaloozas, where she gave out over 800 shots, not only to her own patients, but to hundreds of others. There's another one coming up June 5th, if she can get enough vaccines. But her own patients, between 12 and 17 years old, won't be able to get vaccinated in her office. She joins us now to tell us why. 
We've been advocating since January for family doctors to be able to immunize our patients. It's what we do. It's our bread and butter. We immunize people for every other disease, but we have not been included in this rollout. So um, yeah, right now, you know, only Pfizer can be used for the, for the 12 to 17 year old age range and public health in Ottawa and most of the province is not giving Pfizer to family doctors or to pediatricians. Instead, we're seeing images of ice cream trucks going around and giving vaccines. We're seeing big box pharmacies like shoppers giving out vaccines and then all the lineups outside of mass vaccine clinics. But uh, we try to reach out to our own patients and book our own patients and bring them in to our offices where they're comfortable, where they feel safe, where they know us. Many of my patients who are 12 years old, I've known them since they were newborns and I can't immunize them. So it makes no sense. So is it because of a shortage or is it just because um, you think there's other explanations? It's politics. We don't have lobbyists. We don't have the same kind of clout at a provincial level. We were excluded from the vaccine task forces. So we are, you know, we're kind of like the um, representatives of women and children and seniors and we're women ourselves, primarily as family doctors. And our province has not shown that it really cares very much about community. So when it comes to primary care saying, why are you excluding us? The the answer is simply because we don't matter as far as Ontario is concerned. We could have booked all of our patients and there are thousands of us across Ontario who would have done that. So that would have been tens of thousands of patients who wouldn't have had to hunt around. And I mean, I don't know about, you know, uh, everybody else's patients, but I can certainly tell you that my patients who are 89 and 90, they can't just follow vax hunters and jump in their cars and drive to wherever there's a pop-up clinic. So the the idea that uh, you see in social media, oh, I didn't have any problem. Well, that's because you live in Toronto and there are, you know, 25 different places that you can run to to get the vaccine. But if you're in Ottawa, there is just simply, you know, significantly decreased availability of vaccine, but also inability for people who are the most vulnerable to access it. So again, for the example in Ottawa, because the clinics that have vaccine right now for the 12 year olds are out in suburbs, what are you supposed to do if you're a single mother of five children and you live in poverty and you don't have a car? And actually somebody told me yesterday that, you know, they tried to book their three kids. And because of the way that the provincial system works, they log in, they sign in, they register one of their children, and then they go to register the next child and that site isn't available anymore. So now they're driving, you know, to one suburb for one child to another suburb for another child that's taking off time from work. That's, that's unpaid leave. The, the um, prime minister back in February had said to us very clearly, uh, yeah, uh, family doctors are the trusted source of information. And even in terms of addressing people's questions about vaccines, we are the source that would have made sense for people to go to to get their vaccine. And instead, we're literally blocked from doing so. So, you know, what are you saying to your patients about the AstraZeneca um, second dose, which people are now allowed to go get? It is still considered uh, safe for people to get their second dose of AstraZeneca. The, the risk of having an adverse reaction after having had a first dose is significantly lower than it is for a sec with the second dose, it's, it's significantly lower. Um, so we're saying that uh, people who are eligible, who 
are um, within the time frame where they can get their second dose of AstraZeneca, that they should still step up and get their second dose. We do not want people. And now I'm even hearing people say, well, I don't want Moderna. I want Pfizer. That's nonsense. All of the vaccines that we're offering have been approved by Health Canada. They've been approved by our National Advisory Committee on Immunizations. It is uh, really important that people don't pass up the opportunity to get a second dose because one dose of a vaccine is not enough. You need to have your second dose. So we're also, I mean, we're saying that and, and also being humble in terms of the science. As information changes, our guidance changes. And my patients, those 825 patients who got their first dose in April and in the beginning of May are going to be eligible, hopefully sooner than August. Right now we've booked them for August, but if we're able to offer them their second doses in June or in July, then we will. And, um, and we want people to step up and get the vaccine that's offered to them. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. My pleasure. And one more thing before we end. Last weekend, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau released his annual Rosh Hashanah greetings video. Hello, everyone. Bonjour à tous. Chag Sameach. Tonight, Jewish people will celebrate Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. At this time of year, the Jewish calendar starts again. It's a time for hope and for many traditions. Families eat apples with honey to represent their wish for a sweet new year. Pomegranate is placed on the dinner table to represent mitzvot, or good deeds, and loved ones come together to pray for new beginnings. May this new year bring you health and happiness. Shana tova umetuka. On behalf of all Canadian Jews, Shana tova to you as well, Mr. Prime Minister. That's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. We're a proud member of the CJN we're a proud member of the CJN Podcast Network. Our executive producer is Michael Freeman. Thanks for listening.